We all have superpowers. It's a skill that you complete with ease, although others may struggle. This skill, when performed, doesn't drain you of energy. It energizes you and augments life. This skill is your unique calling in life. When you find your superpower and you use your superpower to help others, you become a superhero. This is how we create superheroes. If you want to understand the mission more behind this podcast, go to episode 400. You can find everything about me at robzradio.com. 20 plus years in broadcasting, digital marketing and consulting expert, and I love creating content. That is one of my superpowers. Now I want to help you find yours. This is Rob Z Radio. Everybody, welcome to the podcast, Creating Superheroes. It's all about finding your superpowers and I bring people onto the show uh, because they've found that superpower and they're using it to their advantage for their business, for their life, whatever that may be. I find this to be a very important thing because when you find that thing that's your superpower, then you, everything you do, you can build around that one thing that you're naturally uh, acclimated towards, that you have uh, energy from doing it and you help other people with that thing. And if you harness that, it's going to be like the, the centerpiece for maybe your whole career. Freddie Dorman is here, owner of Dorman Sports Performance in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Excited. So let's talk. Let's talk about this because the superpower thing to me, when it comes to fitness, I think that's an easy one because this, that's where the superhumans come from. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of CrossFit and stuff like that, I've never see, seen a superhero without a six pack. Right. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I've seen some super villains without a six pack. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards that side more. Maybe Captain Underpants. He's well, there you go. Doesn't have that's a very good one. But, all right. That's because my son loves him. He's yeah, obsessed with him. I feel like I look more like him than anybody else. So that's perfect. <laughs> so uh, you've been doing this now for how long? How long have you been in the fitness world for? Fitness world, about seven and a half years. My own business, a little over five. Okay. And when you talk about the superpower, what is that for you? How, how, what is it? How did you define it? How are you using it? Uh, I think, so whenever you first asked me to do this, I... I actually put some decent amount of thought in that because I think what I originally was going to say um, I think is a little deeper than what it actually would be on the surface. So my original thought was coaching. Okay. But I think there's a lot of elements that go into coaching and I think the most important one is developing relationships. Mm. So I think that's probably, I think obviously I turn coaching into my business. It's my biggest passion, but I think having the ability to connect with people and be able to listen and develop that relationship is probably what I'm best at. And that makes you a great coach. Bingo. Being able to have those skills. Yeah, because I know a lot of guys that know everything, but they have a, and girls too, that know everything there is to know about uh, sports and fitness, yeah. but they're unable to connect with the athlete. Mm -hmm. So there's a disconnect there. So chances are um, that athlete might not get what they're looking for. That's a really great point, man, because I've met a lot of people who are in an incredible shape. They might be a personal trainer, sure, but they just don't have those people skills that are necessary to help take mm -hmm. that knowledge they have and pass it on to somebody yeah. else. Because it, it's even even as a business center hiring, I can teach anybody the science and the and the and the educational part of it and like the technique. But if they can't if they can't relate and they can't have like honest conversations with people and be able to connect, it, it's pointless. Yeah, because that at the at the forefront, that's that's what people are there for. And those people who are trying to get their bodies or whatever that is to the next level, they need somebody who's going to be blunt with them Bingo. at some point. Yeah, but also know that they care. Right? That's right. It's yeah, like you're you're being blunt because you care and you want this help. You want to help this person move forward. Yeah. Is that something that that you? How did you figure that out? Where did the so the coaching came in right? But where did the that that skill of being able to communicate come in? Or was that something you just kind of grew up with? Uh, I think it's it. 
it's not a, that's not a loaded question as far as like I don't think there was like a pinpoint situation where I'm like hey this is this is what I'm good at mm-hmm. um, having grown up in a small business my parents own a jewelry store in town and seeing how my family and my dad and my my grandparents treated people I think that it it just came naturally and then having played professional hockey for so long you get the you really learn how to learn and read people and how to handle certain situations. There's so many different personalities coming up through the ranks in hockey. And this is relative to any sport and any business that if you're not able to read that, your situation might change. So having, having that experience, I think definitely progressed me to where I am now. Yeah. It's interesting because you're talking about your parents owning a jewelry store, being on the sales floor all day long, you you have to develop those sales skills. Mm -hmm. And if you develop the right kind of sales skills, not where you're just trying to sell people something, but you're trying to create a real connection with people. That's right. That's why you, your family's been in business around our area for 70, such a long time. They opened in 74. That's crazy. My grandmother yeah. my grandmother had a dream one night that there, there was a the, where the jewelry store is at now. This is a short story. But she had a dream one night that they, they bought the land, built a building, and turned it into a jewelry store. A week later, they got the deed to the land, started building a building, and the jewelry store has been there ever since. <laughs> wow. It's so crazy. That's awesome. That's how, that's how Dorman's got started. Dorman's jewelry got started. That is, that's not the same way the sports performance got started. But no, much much different, <laughs> much different story. There wasn't a dream that sparked uh, it? Not, it, it? My dream changed, but I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at now. Cool. Let's talk about communication because I think that the culture that we live in right now, uh, that's a big piece of the conversation when it comes to millennials when it comes to gen z mm-hmm. they don't know how to connect with people because they're on their phones all the time that's the thing you hear i know a lot of millennials and a lot of gen z's that aren't like that they are very interactive and that's they right. do like to talk to people so what do you see and I, I think i guess what advice could you give to somebody with that being one of the the superpowers that you have somebody who struggles with that sort of thing because i struggle with that i struggle with eye contact for a long time like mm-hmm. in college uh, younger than that, and then sometime around, I don't know, 23, 24, I just like, got over it. I was right. like, I had to push myself past it. If somebody's struggling being able to communicate correctly and effectively, and they know they, know they have something inside of them, but they can't like get it out because they can't talk to people, mm-hmm. what, do, what, do you, what would you say to somebody? You've got to find what they're comfortable with. So I think uh, Zach, who's our PT, and I have a saying, you ought to win every day. So no matter what they're doing, especially from a gym setting, they got to come in and find something that they're going to succeed at. And whenever that person becomes comfortable in that situation, um, I could I could give you a hundred stories of athletes that come in for three weeks, don't say a word. Oh yeah, do not say a word. And then I start ribbing at them a little bit, digging at them, just kind of trying to test the waters of what I can get out of them. Yeah. And then there's a switch that goes, and they they just open up they're the funniest people in the world it's just it i think a lot of times it's confidence mm-hmm. they're coming into a situation that they might not have uh, any experience in or they're not comfortable in and a gym can be a scary situation absolutely yeah. like it, it like Very coming in it, it can be yeah absolutely and especially what we do like we're we don't have a lot of machines um, we do a lot of free weight stuff so a lot of that stuff is people People don't know what all that is. So coming into the gym, they're like, oh, man. So a lot of times you'll see people the first couple of weeks kind of kind of protect themselves a little bit. And then once they get that comfort level, Gates, I mean, it's flooded. I mean, you're you're and you off and running. Turn them off. No. And it's, and it's great because I love seeing that because there's kids that come in. And you're like, oh, this kid isn't going to say a word. And then five years later, they're still coming and they won't shut up. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations. That it's like I love seeing that transition. Like that's one of my favorite parts of coaching is seeing that growth. 
I think that it's interesting when you talk about fitness, when you talk about gyms, uh, and you talk about people who are in really good shape, really muscular, really take their fitness to uh, another level. They're very serious about it. It usually comes, and not all of the time, but it can come from a place of, of lack of confidence, Bingo. lack of self-esteem. That's right. So even though you become extremely in shape and extremely, extremely fit in a certain area, that doesn't mean that your personality, that your, your personal ability to communicate with people has changed. You've no. never actually worked on that thing. No. You just worked on your body the whole time. So I think a lot of that comes down to is that looking in a mirror is tangible so you can see a physical change yeah sometimes that mental change as far as communication you can't unless you experience it like i can go in and have a goal make my arms bigger i can go in and do biceps and work on that and then a week or two later i look at like oh wow look at that my arms are actually getting bigger yeah it's such a the physical versus the emotional mental so different yeah but it's all connected yeah sooner or later that body is going to give you some more confidence and that more confidence may lead to you having better communication skills or vice versa. Yeah, and that body, having that body can also lead to arrogance too, right? Where you think you're communicating yeah. the way you want to, but yeah. you're not actually being who you and really are. And that's why having a good coach is important because they can keep you in check. So b- before we got rolling here, you started talking about coaching and you talk about the fact that you broke your back twice. Twice. And that got you into coaching. Yeah, that's right. What's, what's that story? Um, so I'll give you the short version. So I played professional hockey for four years and in my last year I'd signed with a team in Illinois the very next day. When you say professional hockey, does that, that's not NHL level. I was not, no. What's the level below that? It was equivalent to like the Altoona curve. So, uh, double 18 for the Red Wings, double 18 for the Blue Jackets, bounced around single A, high level, low level, um, lived all over the country. It was one of the best experiences of my life. So, um, I actually got a real late start in hockey. I didn't start skating until I was 14. Mm. And then I signed my first pro deal when I was 20. Wow. So I had a real quick trajectory. Um, I hit, I hit the, uh, I hit the wave right at the perfect, it couldn't have been better, better timing for me, but. And you were a natural at it? Like it just kind of came to you? Yeah. I was always, I was always a big hockey fan, roller hockey, street hockey, but never played ice hockey until Galactic Ice came around. So when that happened within two years, I was getting schools to look at me. So it was just like, oh wow, this is, this is happening really fast because baseball is my first sport and my best sport, but hockey was a love. So. Fast forward to my fourth year, I was having a good good career. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to get to the NHL, so I was already kind of planning my exit out of hockey. How did you know that you weren't going to make it to the NHL? Um, honestly, I just wasn't good enough. Mm. So, so you just knew that yourself. Yeah, like I played with guys that played in the NHL, and I played with a with a guy named Scott Darling who played who won a Stanley Cup with the Blue uh, Chicago Blue uh, or yeah Blackhawks Blue Jackets uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and that was the first time in my career I looked down at the other end of the ice and said I'm not going to see the ice this year. Like he was, <laughs> there's just guys that you look at, you know. They're just in different different realms than you are. And I was a really good hockey player. I was I was I would have been a really good backup at that level and maybe like the AHL level. But I, I just knew uh, that probably wasn't going to happen for me. But I I wouldn't change anything the way it happened because I wouldn't be here today if what had happened happened. So um, I had signed with the team the day prior. The very next morning, uh, one of my good friends, Jed, and I went to a gym. And this is before I really knew what I know about now. So I probably wouldn't be on a leg press knowing what I know now. Um, I was doing a set of five. I was on my fourth rep. I was going pretty heavy, and I brought the, the my legs down about a quarter inch deeper than I normally do. When I went to push, I heard a pop, and then my legs went numb, and the sled, which had about 800 pounds on it, came down on me and basically folded me in half. Yeah. So Jed ripped all the plates off. I heard a loud pop. Next thing I know, I'm in the hospital getting shots, getting x-rays, CT scans. So I fractured, fractured my L5, herniated two discs. Man. So... During the rehab process of that is where I really found a love of the of the training. So that contract obviously didn't happen because I was done. So yeah. tried to rehab out of it, 
wasn't coming as back as quickly as I thought, and I was having a lot of pain. And he, as a goalie, certain positions you go into put a lot of strain on your lower back and your hips. Sure, you're, yeah, you're crouched down a lot. That's right. Like so a catcher then, almost. yeah, you're hitting your knees. You're hitting your knees a thousand times a game. You're hopping up and down a lot of lateral stuff. Yeah, I just I didn't have it anymore mentally and physically. I just I didn't think I could play at the level I was accustomed to. So during that, I uh, I decided to get into training and enrolled in school did online and then zach who's our pt was finishing his pt degree and he's like hey i need somewhere to send athletes so i started working for a couple gyms in town and then fast forward five and a half years and we're at dsp and Ireland like crossfit and we're we're in a sixteen thousand square foot facility so <laughs> it's crazy how that one moment looking back on it was the catalyst for what i'm doing now in yeah. that moment when that all happened because this is Right, these things happen to people all the time. These turning points, and right. you in the in that moment, I'm sure you didn't see that as a turning point. You nope. were just like, "Oh crap!" Like, I got no if, setback. And honestly, if it if it if that didn't happen, I knowing my personality, I probably would still be grinding it out in the minors, mm. just because I loved it so much. Like yeah. in that, in that, in the jewelry store wasn't something I was super passionate about. I, I'm still there. I still help out my family. It's a family business, so I, I'll always help out there. But that wasn't what I was passionate about. But during the rehab process, I really fell in love because I kept seeing these high school athletes struggling after ACL injuries. And I'm just like, how can I help these kids? And Zach, Zach also, the, the whole way we, we actually started the business, I was, I was training at a local gym. I was like, I, I think I'm at that point. And we were having beers at the island in my kitchen. He was like, why don't you just open a gym? And then that was on a Friday. Sunday, I had a lease to our first location. <laughs> so I just jumped right into it. Yeah, just, just took the chance. That's right. Because you knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. You and knew I, that was what you wanted. That, I, that, was, that, was, the, the, that was what the uh, tip of the spear was for me. Like, that's what I wanted to do. You know, you t- we t- I, like talking about superpowers on this uh, podcast, I think that a lot of people, when you're trying to identify this thing, because this is what I went through for a little while too, you have a lot of things you might be good at, right? right. You were good at baseball. You were good at hockey. Mm-hmm. You were good at working at the uh, jewelry store, right? right. It's things that you might think, oh, that's my thing. But when you, f- when you tap into that thing that you can't stop thinking about, and hockey may have been that for you, right? But then you also knew... I'm good, but I'm not NHL good. Yeah. So I can't take it to that level. Or if I mean, you, maybe you could have pushed yourself to try, but I mean, who yeah. knows what would have happened. Mm. But I think that the, the the point is, you may have these things that you might be really talented in, you might be really good at, but is that thing going to take you to the level that you want to get to? You know, or are you going to make the impact? I guess because it's not really about getting to a certain level; it's about creating impact see, in people's lives. See, that's you just hit the nail on the head for me. Like my. My main focus is I want to better everybody's lives that I come in contact with. Like genuinely, like if you ask anybody at that gym, I know everybody's name when they first walk in the door. I say goodbye to everybody by their name when they leave. Um, I genuinely want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're an elite athlete or you're just a beginner. Like your hour with me, you're going to get all of me. And I genuinely want to see people succeed. Mm-hmm. And it does, and, and even even competition, like other gyms, I want to see them do well because that means there's other people in their gym that are going to succeed too. Like there's other people that aren't at our gym that are exercising. I want those people to progress to what their goals are regardless if they're with me or not. And I'm genuinely honest about that. Like it doesn't matter to me. I just want people to be the best that they can be. Where's, where does that come from that's something you were just born with that that feeling of like wanting to be able to help because i feel the same way when it comes to looking at high school kids or junior yeah. high kids in college kids because I, I i'm in a couple of mentorship programs mm-hmm. and i really just i and I'm, I'm curious to see what you say because for me it's like i want to be able to find me at like 13 years old because mm-hmm. i didn't have any self-confidence i didn't have any self-esteem i was right. just 
I, I really wish somebody would have came along and like grabbed me by the shirt and been like, wake up, dude. Yeah. And I want to be able to be that for somebody else right. as they're coming up. Maybe kind of like shake the cobwebs loose. Like they've never met somebody who actually I see comes that along day. and motivates them. I see that every day. Kids that coming in, I'm like, if you if you give me like a solid six weeks, I can turn you into instead of a Division two football player, Division one football player. Like, mm. and that might not be their goal, and that's fine. But I see these kids and adults even that I'm like, if you just take this little extra step, or if you if you change your trajectory this way, X might turn into Y, Y might turn into Z for you. But for me, I think. Ask if you ask my parents before hockey became my 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 first passion. I always wanted to be a teacher, mm. and I think this is my way of doing that. Yeah, so you from are a teacher, that's what you're doing. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's always been kind of ingrained in me, and and I think my parents did a wonderful job of of instilling that. Like I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen my dad anonymously donate money, have people over. Like he would give a shirt off his back for anybody. Yeah, and I I think that was just seeing that. I think that just got ingrained into me. Yeah, and it's probably it's part of the DNA. It right? is. Yeah, I, I really somewhere. think it is. In my grandparents, my uncle, like they're all like that. That's really cool, man. I think that's a, a, a rare thing to find. Uh, you have a lot of people who are coaches, but I don't. I don't know how, what percentage of those what their what their purpose is, what they're doing it for. Are they doing right. it for themselves? Are they doing it for the money? Are they actually just there because they want to see somebody else succeed? Right. And they know that they have this teaching ability. That they have whatever that is inside of them, they can make that person go to the next level. Yeah, my driving force when we first opened, it's never been about money. It's always been about the people and, and if the you, results. If you take it in that direction, then you're going to be successful because right. you're even people you, connect with that. Yeah, because like I get to see. I just had one of my athletes just committed to Penn State. He's a linebacker. I just posted a picture of him yesterday. Seeing That's him awesome. working out in that weight room and knowing how hard he trained to get there, it, it, it's so rewarding to me that no matter no amount of money will make me feel that way. And like yeah. uh, I have a weightlifter, Kendall, who just competed on a national stage for the first time in Anaheim and killed it. Like seeing her jumping off that platform in tears because she's happy is why I do it. Like yeah. it, it's stuff like that. Or we have a member who just got off diabetes medication, blood pressure medication. Like that's that's the tangible. That's that's my reward. That's my payment right there. Yeah, that's, that's all huge. I need. That especially, I get choked up talking about it. Like I, I, I genuinely love those people. When you mentioned people going on and like competing uh, in high level at sports, that's one thing that I think it's a rare amount of people that actually get to that spot. But when you're impacting somebody, getting them off diabetes medicine, right. that's like the core part of America. Yeah, you know, that's about that's, tons of people that are stuck in. That's that the spot. majority. Yeah, the the high level athletes are the minority. Yeah, big, so helping them get to the next level. Yeah, of course that is that's huge, and that's huge for that person. But somebody who is on diabetes who doesn't have maybe anybody in their life whoever gave them any health advice gave them any fitness advice mm-hmm. never really coached them on any of this stuff right they're the ones who really need help just to yeah. just to live a happier life yeah uh, yeah i mean at the end of the day we're only here for so long you got to make the most of it so the amount of our obesity rate now tuna right now is pushing about 65 percent, i believe is I, that I, right? it's it's very high I, I might be off a little bit on that number the last time i checked but the uh the amount of people that do need help in our region is it's a lot because what i mean Look, go down the boulevard. How many restaurants are there? Yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. That's any small town right. in America, right? I mean, super common. And, and if you're listening from this anywhere other than central Pennsylvania, I'm sure you have that somewhere where you live as well. And it's, it's, it's very common. And I find it strange because the, the fitness industry creates, because I follow a lot of fitness accounts. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you see that world, you think like, man, everybody's working out. Right. But everybody's not working not. out. So, what is your perspective there? Because I, I think that's a very strange thing that we Instagram accounts for fitness are huge. You see all these people in CrossFit and everything uh, seems to point that 
we're healthier we're more fit than we used to be like when Schwarzenegger introduced uh you know bodybuilding back in the 70s to like America yeah it was a very small oh yeah I love that movie oh yeah Pumping Iron is one of the greatest movies ever um or documentaries whatever you want to call it but back then people weren't really talking about it it was like it was and and that's not necessarily the best way to get in shape is to lift tons of heavy weights no it's more just walking could be the number one thing and that's probably the best way to get started is walking yeah just it's it's simple so it doesn't matter what you do. The fact that you're starting is the catalyst for it mm-hmm. because eventually if you might start walking. That might turn in, hey, I might do couch to 5K. I'm going to try to train for a 5K. Oh, hey, so-and-so goes, lifts weights on the weekends. I'm going to go try that. Like That can all build upon just that simple step of walking. Yeah. And I, could, I mean, just walking the dog every day can make a huge difference. Huge yeah. difference. Well, you talked about Andy Frisella and the 75, 75 hard. hard. We're, like, I'm, I'm working on trying to get that set up in the gym right now. So, And one of the pieces of that right, is just getting outside and doing something for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. You yeah. don't have to necessarily be working out. It's nope. walking the dog or doing something. And it doesn't matter lines. time of year, time of day, rain or shine. It's 30 minutes outside. And that's, I, I imagine for a lot of people, that seems even ridiculous to think to even go do that. To yeah. even put those 30 minutes in mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things they would possibly do. Yeah. I, and I, this I forget who was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but it dawned on me like our our bodies obviously are not made to sit mm. the way we're designed it makes no reason why we'd be sitting all day long. We're right. meant to walk, we're meant to be mobile, yeah, and not necessarily sprinting, running, lifting uh, we're just meant to be walking a lot, like four miles a day is what we should be getting, which is around ten thousand steps ten thousand steps, yeah, so that's why that's where the uh the step counters and like the fitbits and everything really kind of got into play, but the issue is. Our sitting starts in school, starts in kindergarten. Starts right away, yeah. Starts right away. Um, that's why I'm a big proponent of getting kids into gymnastics. Yeah. Gymnastics, dance, something where you're moving more than you're sitting. And then I've even talked to schools about trying to implement standing desks, um, more fitness options for kids instead of just like your so Pennsylvania, you have to have at least a 30-minute PE class only three times a week. That's a requirement. Wow. It's only 90 minutes of exercise. Wow. The uh, U.S. recommended amount of exercise is 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. So- the, that's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. Compared to what, and people have misconceptions about what fitness actually is. Right. Because walking can be considered that is fitness. fitness. Yeah. If, you're, if, so, you're, if your heart rate rises and you're working on your cardiovascular, that is a form of fitness. Yeah. And then you have guys that are Olympic weightlifters, bodybuilders. Those are all different modalities, but it's all fitness. So with, with Dorman Sports Performance, with what you're doing right now, because obviously you've found like your groove. I can tell whenever you talk about this when... Uh, I see your facility, what you have laid out. The it, it's just it, you can tell like this is what you're into. Yeah, you're definitely in your zone. Yeah, my wife gets annoyed when I'm watching YouTube videos about weightlifting at like 10 p.m. at night <laughs> in bed. Right. Yeah, so you could say I'm a little obsessed with it. Yeah. Have you read the entire uh, bodybuilding encyclopedia by Arnold, like from front to back? I've kind of not. I'm a, I'm a pictures guy. <laughs> okay. so I just uh, I skipped yeah. through some of the words. But right. Now, yeah. I, I've never read that cover to cover. I um, should. But what's what's your goal? I guess because. You have you're you're obviously on a track right now. You've got a, a, a great group of people that you're working with at Dormans. Mm. What's what's your like end game goal or where do you want to take this? Do you have a vision for it? Yeah, we have so we do short term, long term goals. Um right now we're just trying to we're trying to give our so our our big push right now, obviously we have the sports, our barbell club and our CrossFit. So we're just trying to right now really focus on giving those three the best experience they can. So um my big thing is we have the first step in this is finding quality coaching. We have that. We have the best coaches in the area, some of the most educated. So that that's kind of off the list. So right now 
our, our coaching from the sports performance barbell and CrossFit is phenomenal and our personal trainers. So we're, we're doing a great job there. Long term, I just I, I want to get more people in so we can help them. That mm-hmm. is the ultimate goal is just trying to get that driving force, educate people on what we do because CrossFit's new in our area. Yeah. Even though it's been around since 2007, it's still relatively new. It's a very small market. So trying to educate people on what we do and what that is and how that can help them is like our main focus right now in the in the forefront. Um, really happy with our space. I'd obviously like to add showers and things like that in the future. But right yeah. now... I think our, our main focus is trying to educate people on what we're doing um, and how it can help. And when you talk about CrossFit, you mentioned something to me the other day that I found interesting because you talked about how you, you watch the CrossFit games. You see Rich uh, Froning. Froning and these yeah. freaks of nature who are just incredible looking human beings. I mean, uh, the yes. peak of athletes. Yes. But that's not really what CrossFit that, is all about. Nope. Talk about that a little bit because I, I think that's really interesting. And I... I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say because I I I did CrossFit on my own for a while. I never mm-hmm. actually took like CrossFit classes, which is hard. Doing it on your heart on your own is hard. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Kudos to you. But it, <laughs> it was burnout, man. Yeah, it's hard. So <laughs> it was not so, having somebody else there to like go back and a class. With. A class setting makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's very tribal. So yeah. it's uh, so the froning thing. So even the even the owner and the CEO of CrossFit Greg Glassman who's the founder said what you see on TV is not CrossFit mm-hmm. what you see are the guys and girls that are working out 8 to 10 hours a day and this is their full-time job they're yeah. they're competing in the sport of CrossFit so mm-hmm. there I look at CrossFit in two ways there's the sport and then there's the health modality that's helping you get off diabetes medication lose weight become leaner um, they like to say look good naked that's like CrossFit's big thing yeah. um that that to me is 99.9% of CrossFit is not what you see on TV. It's the moms, it's the dads, it's the grandparents, it's the teachers, it's the firefighters, EMS. Um, it's those people that are grinding every day in, the, in that gym for an hour with their friends and with the coaches and, and working towards a simple goal. That goal may be I want to run a 5K. I might want to be able to sit up out of my chair without pain. I want to deadlift 500 pounds. Like There's so many different things that people are shooting for in that class. But the beautiful thing is, is that they're all in the class together. So why is CrossFit the platform designed towards that? And that's, I guess, the question I get stuck on is it seems from the perspective of looking at CrossFit as a whole and looking at the CrossFit games, it's about being the, the guy who can do the most snatches or mm-hmm. the, most, the girl can do the most clean and jerks or whatever. What part of that, when you guys teach it in at Dormant Sports Performance, when you have somebody come in sure. and their goal is to get off of dialysis or whatever, yeah. what's what's the strategy or what's your plan for them to do that? Are they on the same plan as somebody else who's no. trying to lift? Or like? So the beautiful thing about CrossFit is that it's infinitely scalable. Mm-hmm. So I can take somebody who's a sedentary adult who's overweight, obese, considered morbidly obese, and put them in the same class as somebody who's competing in the games. And the beautiful thing with CrossFit is, is that there's certain ways of scaling movements that we call them RX and scaled. All right, so the RX is we're we're prescribing this weight. You can either do more than this or do the prescribed, and then scaled is if you're doing a different variation of it that is considered scaled. Even if you're moving, I I don't like those two terms because I don't like putting people into categories. Because if you're if you're improving your fitness, your health and fitness, you're you're on the same level playing field in my in my eyes. You might mm-hmm. be at a different part of that playing field, but you're still going towards the same goal. Yeah. All right, it's just bettering your lives. So. I think a big thing is I can take that person and have them come in and do a class and have them succeed and win every day that they're there. Same with somebody who's been doing it for 10 years. 
It's just on right. how you program it for that individual. So the nice thing with CrossFit is you can take anybody and, and match the movements with where they're at with their physical skill at that point. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to always progress that movement. Rarely will you ever find somebody that starts that's good at everything. Yeah, it's it's almost near impossible. And those guys that probably are good at everything are at, are at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, and there's only like forty of them. Yeah, in the entire world. Right. So the taking that individual and in part and putting them in the in the right situation is is key because it's it's relative in anything. Personal training, sports performance. If if you don't set them set them up for success, that's on you. So having the ability to put them in that right path is what is what you're after and crossfit can do that because there's so many different things that you can do in crossfit that'll get them there because mm-hmm. there's gymnastics body weight bodybuilding olympic weightlifting like it's every modality that you could think of and body weight um kind of matched together in this formula and this methodology that gets people healthier and, th- and there's a lot of studies that prove that it does i like that a lot man that's really good that's that's great solid advice and makes you look at it in a different perspective yeah you have to I would love to hear. I'd like to see that and, and hear more about that because I don't feel like, not that I'm following CrossFit that heavily, but I don't ever hear that no. being talked about. No, because that's it's it's too glamorized in my opinion, as far as the, because of the TV, like what you see on ESPN, like that. That's not yeah. it. It's those people are amazing to look at. They're phenomenal athletes, and those are the people. But they that, make you feel like a loser whenever I yeah <laughs> when well, I watch them, I'm like what am I doing we, we have a handful of athletes at our gym now that are really 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 good yeah and they're not sniffing the CrossFit games but regionally they're unbelievable yeah unbelievable athletes it's just if you have a full time job you're not going to the games right 100% not happening um, like those guys train 8 to 10 8 to 10 hours they're fully paid professional athletes yeah and that's such a small number um, CrossFit's doing a great job right now. They just deleted all the social media. Like they're they're completely rebranding CrossFit. So really? they they're taking the emphasis out of the games and putting the emphasis on the affiliate where most of the good work's happening. Man, they're, good for them. That's it's, a it's a huge it's a huge move for them. Yeah, that's a lot a of it, big uh, risk. It's a huge risk, but they they also spent a lot of money on the games. Sure. So, but now they're putting they're putting more of the emphasis on the affiliates and the members of those affiliates because that is ninety nine percent of the people that are paying them. Are they recognizing that they're getting a bad rap, or are they recognizing that it's getting the wrong impression? That CrossFit's uh, giving the wrong impression to certain people, and they're trying to rebrand the. I think that's at the heart of it. I think that's at the foundation of it. But I think they they realize the potential is in the affiliates. It's not in the games. The affiliates are what makes CrossFit so strong. And there's so many of them, and there's so many dedicated people to helping. Um, because Greg Glassman's like trajectory in life is to help offset disease. Oh really? That's the that, creator. That was the creator. That was his his motive was to get people healthy and figure out the best way of doing it. And CrossFit mm. was his solution. And that's why what people like you who are running a gym in a town, right, bringing people in who might be on diabetes medicine, mm. and you're helping them get off of that. That's the goal. And live a healthier life. That was his goal. That's what he so started. So he knows that's where the core needs to be. Yeah. The first uh, the the first affiliate was in 2007. Uh, I think there's like 15,000 of them now. Worldwide, wow. and it's a, it's all over the world. That is so cool, man! It's so cool that he's doing that for that. That was his mission from the start, yep. and it obviously got kind of maybe derailed at some point. Not saying in a bad way, because I, it just got so much notoriety to, everywhere. Yeah, it, it, but the trajectory is really fast. Yeah, it, it. There's been some negative things said about it. Oh yeah, but those are a lot of people that never been in the situation. Well, I know people also who have injured themselves because they're, mm-hmm. they were going too hard, trying to do double unders and hurting their hips or whatever that right. might be, like yeah. because they're just maniacs and pushing yeah. themselves too much so we see that a lot so 
not necessarily people getting injured, but people not knowing when to pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of the coaches' jobs, and I think our coaches do a lot of a lot of good stuff here, is that the coaches got to know when to progress people and whenever to pull on the reins. Yeah. So it's like so and so. Hey, let's back off here a little bit because you're 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 going above our intended stimulus. So what we're trying to accomplish today, you're going way above that, which you don't need to because we're going to set you up for tomorrow, which might be actually a little harder than today. If you go too hard today, tomorrow is going to be rough for you. Yeah. So it's a lot of it is not, I don't want to say inexperienced, but it is because people don't know what they don't know yet. Like they don't realize, Hey, if I go six days a week, really hard, I'm redlining every day. I'm going to crash and burn after two or three weeks. So you got to be able to, you got to be able to know when to take a break. Like that, that's super important. Like I, I'm a big fan of going three days off one or two days and then two days. Mm. So that's, that's what we usually, when people first start, we say, start with three days, see how you feel. If you can add more, add more. If you got to, if you got to scale back, scale back, but still, still make a commitment to getting here at least two or three times a week. Yeah. Uh, switching gears real quick, man, because when we, when we had talked a couple of days ago, I mentioned like Dr. Joe Dispenza and Andy mm-hmm. Frisella, and you like know who all those people are. So you obviously not just as far as fitness and uh, coaching, but leadership too. Like and and, and and the mental state, the mind game, it's huge. Uh, is, it's, that's the most important part. If you right. get that part right, if you can get what's going on inside of your head to a good place, everything else can fall into place. That's right. What what prompted you? to follow those sorts of people, the leadership kind of people, the people who, you know, they might not be, well, I guess uh, Andy Forsella is into fitness, Joe Dispenza, I don't mm-hmm. think not as, as, as much, but um, where does that leadership come from and that interest in those kinds of people? Because usually in the, the fitness industry, that's, they're separated. Right. The, the leadership's kind of separated from, uh, from the fitness. And, it shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why it would be, but I mean, you're, you're going to follow somebody who's really in shape, but you might not follow somebody who's into meditation who talks about right. the mind games. So the way I look at it is this. So if you go on Instagram and you see somebody that's posting a lot about fitness, they should be a leader in fitness, right? They should be like the, the go-to person. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation on the internet. But as far as like the leadership side of it, if you're a CrossFit coach, you're a leader of a class. If you're owning a business, you're a leader of that business. Like they have to go hand in hand. And some of my favorite some of my favorite things that I've taken um, that I've implemented into my business and into the gym have nothing to do with fitness. Mm, like and what? Just just certain business print like just certain business practices on how to treat people, how to lead. Um, there's uh, I read a book called Profit First, uh, yeah. Mike Michalowicz, which was which was awesome. There's a lot of principles in there. Now that's mostly financial side, but there's a lot of principles inside of there that you can relate to an actual business side. Um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink mm. was one of my favorite books. He took his experiences in the military and breaks them down and how you can operate a business, and that's any business. But yeah. all those principles are one and the same. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So a leader is a leader, regardless if it, if you're the best podcaster, the best trainer, the best Instagram model, whatever, whatever your leadership is, you got to be able to you got to be able to present it correctly. So I think yeah. a lot there's a lot of carryover between the two. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, that's such a huge part that uh my partner kyle and i when we talk about uh business owners and uh, one of the things that we always i always notice is that people want social media they want to know more about social media they want to learn more about social media and they're not they're not afraid to admit that it's not like there's there's no pushback when you say well we could teach you more about instagram or about facebook advertising we just had that conversation the other day right yeah but when it comes to leadership and you try to talk about to somebody who's running a business about leadership 
that's a whole different story because they normally will feel like they already are a great leader or they just don't want to hear it because it's going to challenge them and it's going to put their who they are into question yeah i i can't remember who said it but the moment you stop learning you're dead yeah so there's there's no there's no standing still you can't if you don't keep growing you're dying you're falling backwards yeah exactly so um that's why one of the reasons i like that 75 hard because it forces you to read every day and like it doesn't have to be an entrepreneurial book but just self self self-improvement um i love that because that's just gonna the the amount of growth that you're gonna get a physically from that challenge and b mentally from that challenge is gonna be huge Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing like if you if you're closed-minded to learning anything you're not in it for the right reasons. Yeah, like good luck. Exactly. With the life in general. Exactly. Because yeah. if you're if you're putting your feet down, digging your feet into the ground, whenever you're trying, somebody's trying to help you move forward, and you know there, somebody could come along and, and uh, not have your best interests mm-hmm. at, at heart. But when somebody's actually really trying to help you and maybe give you solid advice, and you're still railing against that advice, you're, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure somewhere right. down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're treating that person like that, then in your own brain you're treating your own your own self like that. Because mm-hmm. you know internally it's somewhere along the line you are denying yourself truth. You're denying yourself growth. Right. And you're, you're stuck in a certain spot. Yeah, you're going to be stuck in a very small box for a very long time. Yeah. And if you can't get yourself out of that, just you might yeah. as well forget about it. Yeah, you're you just keep digging yourself a deeper hole. You're not actually expanding the box. You're just getting deeper into the box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean. Very true. Yeah. You have to expand, you have to expand your potential. Like, I I know I I know not I don't know everything there is to know about fitness and I and every day I'm trying to get closer to knowing everything I can about it. Yeah. It's the same with business. It's the same with like personal growth. Like it's all it's all related. It's all relative. Well, you're bringing a team in too. Right? Yeah. You got a team in there to help you. That's right. Do what you do on the fitness side. You have yeah. a team that helps you with the business side. That's right. Like so you, and they all have the same vision. Yeah. That's that's what most you got to surround your people yourself with people that have the exact same vision as you do. And this is a perfect way to bring this around full circle because that's all about the superpowers. You bring, you're bring, you've, you have a superpower. You're bringing in individuals who have other things that they are very capable in. Compliments, yeah. And when you bring those together, I always like to say it's like creating the Avengers. Like you're bringing people. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's when you get the superheroes and you guys all come together and that's why you can create something that actually works. Yeah. Now, if you have two alpha males in, in the same spot trying to compete against each other, they're just going to ruin everything. Because they're always going to try to defeat each other and not worry about the whole bigger picture. picture. That's right. So a a lot of times is that now somebody might come in and have a – you just have to – so you have to find what people are best at, Mm -hmm. what their superpower is, and put them in a position from an owner's with like employees and coaches, put them in a position that they're going to succeed. So they may think that they're going to be successful here, but if you know for a fact that they're going to be better off here, getting them to that point and realizing it is what is is the goal. Yeah. Because if they can realize that potential, not only are they going to succeed and they might potentially make more money and help more people, it's going to help your business. And they're then going to be self-motivated. Bingo. No longer do you have to sit there and tell them everything they have to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to want to do it themselves because right. they love doing it and they yeah. see the the growth happening. Mm-hmm. That's a huge piece of the puzzle. I guess to wrap up, uh how do you find those people? One of the biggest things I always hear talked about as well number one people want to know more about social media Mm -hmm. number two hiring people how do you find the right people and how do you know they're the right people for the positions and for how do they click and fit in with what you're doing uh you're going to make mistakes um you might you might make the wrong hire but recognizing that and making a better hire is key so sometimes a lot of times you uh fortunately i've 
I've never really been in a situation where we either had to let somebody go or fire. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've put people in places where they didn't succeed like I had, but as soon as I made a switch, they're completely dominating what they're doing. So recognizing that's important, but the hiring part, a lot of our stuff comes from within. Yeah. So, um, I've only made two, there's 14 of us now. I've only made two hires that weren't from within. Really? Yeah. And within, like, they were members of the gym, or, or what do you mean? Members of the gym or people that I know had a real passion for it, so I sent them away to get their, their certifications. Or, oh, cool, man. Um, people that I know that are in it for the right reasons. Like, they, they started out as members, so obviously they value fitness because they're investing their time and money into bettering themselves. Yeah. You build a relationship with them through that, so you know them. Exactly. Exactly. So I think a majority of our hires have been from within. That's great, man. That's yeah. the way to do it. If you can, if you can build it yeah. that way, that's the way to build. Plus, it they sure. start they start at the grassroots. So they come in, and then you teach them what the what the vision is, what what your goals are, and then from there they progress into our coaching uh, the coaching situation. And then that what they were taught and what they had learned, they're now reciprocating that to newer members. So it, it's a cycle for them, but it's a it's a positive cycle, which is nice. So we've seen a lot of growth from that. That's very interesting. That's a great way to go about it. Who do you idolize? Who's, who are people that you look up to that you put up there as, you know, somebody to, to, to strive to be? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, my dad, he's first. He, mm-hmm. He's the man. My dad, my grandfather who started the business. Um, my parents are awesome. But from a business standpoint, there's a couple from the uh, sports and performance world. Uh, Travis Mash. Uh, he's located in uh, North Carolina. He's one of the best Olympic weight coaches in the country. Um, I, I, he, he's super smart, super passionate, really works. He works a lot with kids. Um, so he's developing a lot of kids there. So look, I look up to him a lot um, as somebody I could, I would like to strive to be in the Olympic weightlifting side of things. But um, it's just, there's, there's just so ma- It's hard to kind of put one, one, but honestly, my dad, I think that's, that's my number one. That's cool, man. Yeah. He's that's a good the, dude. The cornerstone. That, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Freddie, thank you so much. You bet. Great conversation. And uh, anybody who's in the central Pennsylvania area, go to Dorman Sports Performance. Check out what you guys are doing. That's right. You so, walk into that gym. When I walked in for the first time, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, we have this a free, is the real deal. free class every Saturday at 9. Every uh, CrossFit. CrossFit class, yeah. Very cool. Uh, DSPGym.com. Yep. Dorman Sports Performance on Facebook. Thanks, man. You bet. Thanks for having me. This is Rob Z Radio.